So we had such a good interview with Britt Hartinger that we decided to make a little bit of a bonus reel as well because we couldn't contain everything inside the episode. So here's 15 more minutes with Brent uh, where we talk about the potential for Men and Gunner spinoffs, the Geography Club film, as well as his own podcast, Media Carnivores. Russell has two other pretty close friends in the series with Men and Gunner. Are they going to end up with books potentially as well? I would love to do that, but, okay, so here's the thing. I did write a book called Double Feature where half the book was from Russell's point of view and that half was from Min's point of view. It was the same period of time and it was the same sequence of, yeah, it was originally called Split Screen when HarperCollins published. And when I republished it, I called it Double Feature, which was my original title all along. And it was the same period of time told from two different points of view. Um, and of course, the two different points of view are completely different stories and they inform each other, but you don't really know the whole story until you read them all. And I really liked um, writing from Min's point of view. I really like Min. I really like Gunner as a character. Um, but that said, I need to be realistic. And my readers are for my, primarily, I think, gay and bi guys and female readers who are interested in gay and bi issues. And I'm not sure a series or a book from Gunner's point of view or from men who's, who's bisexual. Um, I don't know. I don't know that that would be my readership. So probably not. Although uh, in the, in one of the books, men with toyed with polyamorism, um, mm-hmm. which is really big in Seattle and real, again, really timely. I was able to talk about timely issues, issues that are going on in my friends' lives. And I would like to write, I'd love to write that book, but I'm not sure uh, that I have the readership for it, frankly. So I'm no. probably not. But they'll be back. They'll definitely make appearances in future books. <laughs> they'll have their cameos, yeah. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. You know, it's 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 a, it's always such a, a balance. You know, you want to bring back beloved characters. And, I mean, I like these characters too. But at the same time, you want to forge new ground. And, and you read The Outer Digmore Difference. And, you know, there's a new character, uh, Mo, that, that uh, Russell and, and, and Otto go on a road trip together. And they're primarily the two characters – and none of the other characters exist except for Russell and Otto and they meet new characters. And somebody asked me, well, are you going to, is Mo going to come back? She seems to be a popular character among my beta readers. It's like, well, maybe, but probably with the next books, I want to write, you know, I want to do new, I want to break new ground and have new characters. And the fact that you like my new characters, that's gratifying, but you have to sort of let them go sometimes too. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes when they do come back, they are just cameos. They're not really, integral to the story but it's a balancing act absolutely a balancing act now you mentioned just now we mentioned in the intro too that you're a screenwriter and and it was just a couple weeks ago on the show that we mentioned rewatching the geography club film what was that a complete like out of left field that that got it got made into a film well, it's interesting because I said before that, you know, the book was a, sort of an instant hit, like there was this huge need that, that nobody knew about. And we had inquiries for the film rights instantly, like within weeks. And we had a number of producers that were interested. And there was an initial set of producers that came very close to making the movie at the it was a $15 million budget. And that, uh, at the time, you know, that, that was not a big budget, but it was bigger than I expected. And we came very, very, very close. Um, and then it fell through at the last minute and then the option lapsed. And then some other producers, then we had, again, we had a, a number of producers that were interested. Uh, and these producers were, were one of them and they were recommended by my agent who had a relationship with one of the producers and they always saw it, it was leaner and meaner. It wasn't 15 million. It was considerably lower, but it wasn't a micro budget. I mean, it wasn't a micro budget. Um, and, 
you know, I was not, I did not have a front seat. I was not a creative participant. I was sort of a spectator, but it was interesting. Uh, they were, they basically said, we're going to make this movie. And I've been hearing, I've heard this about this project and I've heard this about other projects. And, you know, I just take it with a huge grain of salt, but they actually made the movie. I mean, they got the financing and they got it made and they got it released. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, I was not a creative participant, but I was sort of a spectator. I was, I was kept in the loop and I was on the set for about four days, which was fascinating, which was really interesting. I made a lot of really good friends. I really like all the people involved. I really liked all the actors. I really like the producers. I'm still friends with uh, a number of them. And <laughs> I got to say, in terms of career, having a feature film based on your book, uh, it opens doors that I never would have imagined. You know, I mean, it, it legitimizes you in a way that's sort of hard to, I mean, I am, what must it be like for like Susan Collins, Suzanne Collins, you know, to have a, a massive hit. I mean, I just don't know how much money and attention, how many books that must sell. I can only imagine because, you know, the very sort of low key um, indie film that they did that sold a crap load of books and brought me, interestingly, it really helped my screenwriting career. I mean, I had had scripts optioned um, a number of times before then and but I hadn't really ever come all that close to them going getting made. And so once that happened, once I actually got something made, you know, that was not a sort of micro budget film, um, then other doors opened and I had I was sort of more respectable, even though, ironically, I shouldn't tout this, but I didn't really have anything to do with the movie. But just it's the, the sort of shine of the movie wore off on me. And mm -hmm. so now I have a number of. Uh, movie projects in the works that I have written and that I'm sort of involved with on the production side. And that's really a couple of, a couple of which, you know, I don't know how close we are. It, it seems like we're close to production. Cool. Um, but like I said, I've heard that before, but we'll see. Yeah. So knock on wood. And you mentioned also your podcaster, uh, with, uh, you've got the media carnivores podcast, right? So is, is a great title since you talk about books, movies, and TV. <laughs> That's right. So I have a friend, uh, Eric Hanberg, and he and I would get together and we would just discuss, he's a writer too, we would just discuss, you know, our own careers and what's going on in self-publishing or traditional publishing or movies we'd seen. And at one time he said, you know, we should like do a podcast. <laughs> we should like record this. And uh, so we did. And that's basically, you know, our, our, our mandate is we talk about whatever we find interesting, you know, it's, the, the minute it becomes a chore, the minute it becomes a job, um, and we're probably not going to do it anymore. Um, but it's, you know, um, one thing we didn't talk about to be a content creator. And I love that you use that term. I love that you use that expression. Cause that's what we are. We're content creators. Um, and that's what you have to be, uh, in, to be a writer in 2017, you're a content creator. And that says to me, you understand what that means. And that's all about branding. It's all about putting yourself out there as a personality because people, they don't just consume your books, they consume you and you need to be okay with that. That's, um, my job is to be sort of a personality. In addition to being a professional object of criticism, I'm, my job is to be, uh, a, a, a person, you know, an actual individual. And so being, doing a podcast is a way to present myself and interact with people. Uh, and people really like that. And I like that. I like doing it. I like doing that. When I dig an author, I like experiencing that author on social media, assuming they're not a jackass. Um, and so I like doing that. And and for me, I mean, you know, it goes back to, to looking on the bright side. I mean, it's about, 
you know, authenticity. Writing is about authenticity, I think. It's about telling the truth, and, and, and that's what people respond to. They respond to the sense that you're real. Well, being an author, being a successful author on social media, it's also about authenticity. It's all, it's being about, you know, it's a version of, of my real self. Um, and I like that. I, I like interacting with people. I like having people, having a voice in the world, contributing, you know, there's plenty about social media I don't like. There is a lot of negativity there too, but, um, but I like interacting. I mean, my God, I, I get to interact directly with people who read my books, who get my characters. And I mean, that's, I, you know, I couldn't do that for the first half of my career. I would get emails maybe. Um, and I would get letters sometimes, but it wasn't the same thing. And now, although I must say with Facebook messenger, you know, now it's basically, they can, people can text you. It's not just, they have sort of immediate access. And, and I've noticed the last few months, people contact me as they are consuming my content, you know, as they're reading a book, they send me their thoughts. They're like in direct contact. Um, and that might be a little too much for me. That might be a little overwhelming. So I don't always, I don't respond, you know, real time in that sense, but it's great to hear what people even, you know, mostly, mostly good, but even, even the bad, you know, that's authentic too. And so podcast is part of that. That's all. It's all a big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I, lo- I think we live in, and I'm old enough to say this, this is the best possible time to be a content creator right now. Writers, I get it. You know, Amazon is evil, all of that, all the royalty issues. I get all the perils. We have more control over our careers than any that writers have ever had. Mm-hmm. And we want to make a movie. I said to a friend of mine, I had coffee with a friend of mine last week. And I, and I, and, and I said, you know, I've got these other movies in development right now. But they may not get made. Let's make a short film. And he's like, yeah, let's make a short film. So now we're going to make a short film. And it's like you, you, the technology exists and you can make a short film and it can look pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And you post it on YouTube and, and you know, you can make art. And I mean, granted, getting paid is the challenge. But there even, even there, there are more options for making money. I make more money. I've been very upfront about this. I make way more money self-publishing than I make traditionally publishing. Um, I think the two sides feed each other. I think they help each other. That's why I'm a hybrid author. You know, legitimacy sells books. But uh, we live in a golden age. Um, it's always going to be hard to be an artist, as I said, but it's easier now than it's ever been in my 25-year career. Um, so even in an era of Trump. <laughs> See, I found a bright side. <laughs> so put you on the spot for your media carnivore self. What do you digging right now in terms of books, movies, TV. Oh, uh, Throw out a couple well, of you know, you, you dig right now. Uh, you know, I, well, it's ironic. The Oscar nominations, I'm really meh about, it's like, I didn't care for La La Land. I was not a big fan of La La Land. Um, so many of the movies I've seen, it's like, I don't really get that. Um, uh, I, oh God, what have I liked? <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I told you I was putting you on the spot. <laughs> I am, I'm watching, so two TV shows that I love, You're the Worst and um, Man Meets Woman. These are the two sitcoms that I don't know why. I love Silicon Valley. I understand why that gets critical cream. I don't get why Man Meets Woman and You're the Worst. I don't know why they don't get the critical claim because I think, I think they're fantastic. Um, uh, movies. What have I seen? I liked Passengers. Everybody else hated Passengers. I thought Passengers was great. Uh, I thought it was a great popcorn movie. Um, I just watched uh, 
I just watched Inferno last night, which was terrible, but it wasn't as bad as everybody said. Um, I'm trying to think what, see, uh, I'm trying to think what movies, there were a number of movies that I loved last year, but I now, of course, can't think of any. Um, (laughs) Is that on the spot thing I did to you? (laughs) Yeah, I actually, you know, I mean, I'm a fan of Nashville, uh, although I'm not sure I like, do you watch Nashville? I'm not sure I like the new incarnation, the Marshall Herskovitz and, Edward, uh, what's his Zwick version? I don't, and I think it's a, it's, it needs to be more soapy. Um, I, this is us. I, this is like the, my least favorite genre of all time, the schmaltzy, this is us, but it's really good schmaltz. It's some high, high level schmaltz. Um, I really love that um, show. I'm I'm intrigued by the writing of it and how they tell that story. And they got really good actors and it all do it all fits together in just the right way. It does in the timeline. See, this is what this is storytelling. You know, it's it's sophisticated storytelling that you've every every week you've got the, the what's going on in the past and how it informs the future, and they've got an overarching story. It's masterfully done. That's mm-hmm. a show that looks effortless, but it's it's some great storytelling, and yet it's also really mainstream and broad in a way that's kind of wonderful. Um, yeah, so that's some. Um, that's I, my um yeah we live in a we live in a golden era I'm not so big there are a lot of crappy movies I'm not so big in the franchises not so big in the superhero movies um, I'm a little frustrated by that and indie you know I've been working in indie, indie film for 15 years now and the struggles that indie filmmakers are trying to encounter are encountering you know are considerable um, indie indie film has always struggled but it seems like the last few years it's been really tough to find to to make any money from indie film. Um, so that, that is a little frustrating. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it seems like so much, but, but TV, I mean, my God, I'm not saying anything everybody else isn't saying, but my God, there's so much great stuff on TV right now. It's just, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Netflix and Amazon coming into the market and all that original content, plus what HBO was doing already. And that kind of thing just kind of just packs that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I love Stranger Things. I love the OA. Yeah. Um, Netflix is, I mean, go ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say Netflix. I mean, I was a little skeptical at first, um, you know, I, I, but they've changed everything that they could do shows like Orange is the New Black and Stranger Things and the OA. And there's just so much. I don't love everything they do, but they're just doing, they're thinking so far outside the box. It's fantastic. Yeah. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.